Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's Tuesday afternoon in the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny. Welcome to the roast of intern Brandon. Oh, I knew you, when you said you had something special planned for me, I had no idea this is what it was going to be. Brandon, you did this to yourself. I did. There's no denying that. Like you have no, there's no way that you can ever sit here and say anything to me ever again that I will, I don't even, like I'll take you with any ounce of credibility. Like I, I've lost all credibility in your eyes. All credibility in any form of any, anything. any conversation. <laughs> you were talking about Marvel before. I, you could tell me anything about Marvel. I wouldn't believe you. No. Well, you, you could tell me about Star Wars. I've seen all the Star Wars movies. You could tell me something that's true. I still probably wouldn't believe you. I just can't get over how you've not seen any of the Marvel movies. Oh, you saw Thor. <laughs> saw Thor. I watched half of it and fell asleep. That's so messed up. In fairness, it was the day uh, Iowa State played Oklahoma in basketball when Trey Young was at, was at Oklahoma. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Iowa State won in, won in Hilton. Right. Uh, so I'd been working the entire <laughs> day. And then I think it was an 11 o'clock game or something like that. And then I got back home and my friend wanted to go to Thor Ragnarok. I said, I haven't seen anything leading Thor up to that. <laughs> one or like any of those other movies. And he said, oh, no, I, I'm sure you'll be good. I, I don't know. It wasn't good. I mean, it was, it was like, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like all those movies are the same, though. Which this is a conversation Fitzy and I've had a lot of times. So okay. I, have, I, I have my own. I've got my own takes on uh, on Disney's usage of intellectual property and in the way that they just recycle everything. It's the same movie over and over. I'm assuming Fitzy has the opposite stance. Right? Yeah, Fitzy likes the Marvel movies. I mean, I'm cool with like, I like Star Wars, right. you know, uh, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not, not. but I've seen all of those movies already. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different. Uh, you know, Harry Potter, like I, I know like Fantastic Beasts probably mm-hmm. going to be about the same kind of stuff that you yeah. get in the original Harry Potter. Same but, ballpark. Right. But you know, I'm cool with that. Cause like I read the books and things like that. I have been much more ingrained in the culture. Marvel. I feel like they're just making things up as they go. And it's just the same. Yes. And no, I, I see. I like the Marvel movies. They're entertaining, but I do can like kind of see where you're coming from. Oh, At the end of the day, though, what my opinion isn't what matters. Like, the movies make a shit ton of money. Unbelievable amount of money. Right. So, I, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. They're, Jared, they're good. Jared Stansbury's opinion does not matter to Marvel. Right. But I would prefer to watch The Irishman on Netflix. Which was fantastic. Which was fantastic. It is real long. Uh, really glad that I didn't have to watch that one in the theater. Because that was a multiple sittings mm-hmm. film. Uh, but those are the kinds of things that I prefer to watch rather than like the last, I went and saw the Mr. Rogers movie in the theater. Okay. Was that good? Oh yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I probably, and then I'll see Star Wars and I probably won't see another movie <laughs> That's it. for That's... a year. Really? Yeah. Unless there's something that like really like trips yeah. your trigger or whatever. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I saw the Just Mercy one with uh, Michael B. Jordan's coming out. Mm-hmm. That looked really good. I was like, man. I'll think about going to that one. That's usually what I do. I think about it. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll go to that movie. No. No, probably not. You know, I'll just wait for it to come out later. This is completely besides the point no. of what <laughs> we were are, are actually here to, to talk about. We did a podcast in the preseason, uh, your bold predictions right. for the college football season. I think to put it mildly, I would say that they were an epic failure. You could, see, you could say things escalated quickly. They went downhill. Yeah, I was going to say, I would say they, they de-escalated yeah, quickly. Yeah, de-escalated would probably be more fitting, yes. Yeah, you, 
Uh, we'll just start this off by saying you went one for 13 on the picks that which you made on great, the podcast. Which isn't great. No, that's really not great. I, I wish that we had the audio of them more because I would have pulled like, it. I would have pulled it out. Looped them in or whatever. Yeah. Right. So that I would like to know how many of them I pushed back on. I feel like there's probably a handful. I, yeah. I remember there's a few where you're just like, mm-hmm. look at this guy. But there was a few. I, I can't quote for sure, but they, you kind of saw it. Like you would give me, uh, you know, maybe. We're but. gonna save your your Kansas Jayhawks yeah. thoughts for the end of the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, but you had some predictions from Iowa State. I think there was five of them, five or six. Yeah, around there, right, right around, right <laughs> around there. Was any of your Iowa State ones the one you got correct? Yes. Okay, then give me <laughs> the one. Let's get uh, let's get the one that you got correct. We'll talk about that one first. So it, I would say the funny thing is the one I got correct was the one that was um, a little bit not that bold. Mm-hmm. It was Purdy will be in the hunt for the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. And okay, I, yeah, so and that that's was opinion, not a very bold. No, not it, a very bold. It take. was the, probably the least bold of the bold picks. Yeah. Which, I mean, he was second team all Big 12. I mean, he did get votes for Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, right. So, so that's the one. <laughs> right. He, I, I'll give you that one. Uh, in fairness, I think that you did have Sam Ellinger being the one who won it, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that, that's a little bit, a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, you, I'll give you that. You were correct on that. Uh, I think that if Iowa State had won two or three more games, Brock probably would, probably would have won the award. I thought, but, I thought the same thing. Uh, it just so happens that the guy who's probably going to be the Heisman runner-up was the <laughs> was the one who won the award. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So there you go. You got that one. We'll uh, we'll just we'll check that off. There's not all much right. to discuss there. You were you were right about that. All right. What's what's the next one? All right. This is where we go downhill. Okay. Let's just get it over with. Ripping off a bandaid. Yeah. Petway over a thousand yards. Petway has been good. Yeah. Okay. But not a thousand yards. I was going to say. So I will say, and I I remembered this one mm-hmm. um, when I was thinking about this the other day. I will give you, LaMichael Petway had a very good season. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the thing that we, I think that in the offseason, I probably would have pushed back on this to you. Um, and then I think it's hard for me to really criticize you on this because it would have been hard for us to imagine that Iowa State would have LaMichael Petway, Tariq Milton, Deshante Jones, and Charlie Kohler all over, I think, 500 yards receiving. Which is awesome yeah. from a productive standpoint. But. Right. Yeah, no, like by no means is that. That's obviously a good thing that right, Michael right. Petway didn't have a thousand yards, uh, but it was also one of those things where I think Iowa State's had four thousand yard receiving seasons in school history. It just wasn't very realistic. No, no, I, I didn't think so completely. Obviously, I put it in here because mm-hmm. it's fun to make these bold predictions, but it, I think the emergence of Charlie Kohler I didn't quite see coming. I kind of saw the three-headed monster of receivers, all of them. Like, you stated this when we did this mm-hmm. back there. You said that you think it's probably more likely that we have three receivers finish with 600. Mm-hmm. Kohler stepping up definitely um, took away from Petway's change to 1,000. But like you said, it's a good problem to have when we have that many receivers. So I'm trying to remember how many LaMichael ended up with. For yards? Yeah. Uh, I've got it here. Oh. Yeah, I have it in my notes too as well. I've got all, you're going hard right now. I would say I've got all sorts of papers. You got you a lot can, of papers. Uh, as you can see, it's just like a constant uh, battle of trying to keep all the papers that I get. If they, this is this is another uh, here another tangent. I'm going to go off on. Um, if we were really serious about saving the environment, uh, then college press boxes would do a lot better job of not wasting paper. I mean, I'm going to level with you. When you just opened your little bag, it looked like just like a ream of paper. Like you just cracked it open and it was just like a hundred sheets. 
another there's another 20 sheets that he just, I was just brought said, up this, the table. This one book is I don't know. That's probably two, three. That's probably ten pieces of paper. This is for Mississippi State, Iowa, Mississippi Valley State, Iowa State basketball. Yeah, ten. There's ten pages right there. I've got, I've got seven or eight of those in there. This is a paper epidemic. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If we were really serious about, like, cleaning up the environment, mm-hmm. saving the trees, all that kind of stuff, uh, we would really cut down on the amount of things that we print in the press box. But different conversation. Um, so going into the Kansas State game, Michael had 600 yards receiving. I don't know what he ended up with total. Uh, I don't know what he had in that game. But uh, Charlie had over 600. Tariq had over 600. Deshante went over 800. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that, um, that we probably wouldn't have really anticipated uh, is Brees Hall having over right. 200 yards receiving. Uh, Sean Shaw having over 200 yards receiving. Chase Allen having about 200 yards receiving. So, like, there was a lot of – a lot of variables at play. Um, I, so I can't, I can't knock you for that one too much. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Pretty, pretty civil. I know, I know you're waiting for the right ones to attack. So that was pretty civil. It's okay. Like these ones were all, they're very balanced opinions, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I didn't want to tell you in that time that it's like, man, I, <laughs> I don't see that happening. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand the thought behind it, but that is unrealistic. Yeah. All right. Next one. Iowa State makes the Big 12 title game. Again, I mean, I, I don't think I could have knocked you on it, mm. you know. Uh, and they were and they're right there. I mean, 41-42 OU, Baylor 23-21, Okie State 34-27. Yeah. Those games, few things go. I mean, it's – ten, ten total points, you know, from 11-1 right. right there. Right, and you can say that about any team. You right. know, a fumble goes this way, a turnover goes this way, but – I mean, those things do happen to those three games. Like you said, mm-hmm. we're sitting pretty. We are in the title game. But. Well, and if you flip the, if you flip even the OU and Baylor games, then you're in there at right. 10 and 2 because mm-hmm. they would have both been 10 yep. and 2 at mm-hmm. that point. So that's where, you know, yeah, like I said, I can't knock you for that. Iowa State obviously had it. They were very close. That was a, yeah. that was a good opinion. Um, I think we were a year early. Yeah, that's what I, I, I think, think. That's fair to say. I too. think now, now hindsight twenty twenty, we we were a year early on our on our Cyclones going to the Big Twelve title game. Thoughts like the prediction yeah. to do that next year. Next uh, year, I, if you came to me with that, I'd say that's not a very bold prediction. That's not Brandon. bold. That's not bold enough for the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaquan Bailey will win Defensive Player of the Year in over twelve sacks. Yeah, this one was tough. That one was tough. Uh, Jaquan ended up with zero sacks on the season. Zero. Yeah, big goose egg. Uh, but he only played in four games. Four. So. Season was uh, cut short by an injury. I don't think, based on the way the season had started, Jaquan was going to be the uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the (laughs) Year anyway, especially when you consider how good James Lynch was for Baylor. He he was phenomenal. He was unbelievable. He was phenomenal. Uh, I think that the better choice there, if you were going to pick an Iowa State guy, probably would have been Greg Eisworth. But (laughs) you wouldn't. We also wouldn't have known at that time that Greg was going to get hurt too. Yeah, which I think really slowed him down at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. He would have. He would have been right up there as well. Definitely. And that's, that's the only ones I have on here for the Cyclone predictions, unless I missed one, but that's the four that I have in my notes. Didn't we talk about Brees or something? Was it, or was that on, the, uh, was that on the, the one we did with Williams when he was drinking the Celsius? That was the over-caffeinated show, us three. Okay. That I, I remember us talking about Brees, but I couldn't remember uh, what, what exactly it was, prompted that. I wonder if it was us discussing what our pick was for the one running back to emerge or something along those lines, but... 
Yeah, I think we talked about something with that, but I just can't I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it was. I know that we had a good conversation that basically and, and it did end up basically become coming to fruition where we said about midway point of the season Bre- Brees would be the guy. Yep. Which is is exactly how it went. All right, we'll take a quick break and then uh, and then we'll come back and get the rest of Brandon's predictions here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We're running back through intern Brandon's terrible, horrible, just awful, no good, very bad day predictions mm-hmm. from the college football preseason. So you've got you've got what nine left then? Oh yeah, it gets ugly. This okay. is where it gets real ugly. Okay, let's uh, let's go from least ugly to ugliest. Least ugly. All right, the one that pops out to me: Jonathan Taylor will run for over twenty five hundred yards. Yeah, so what did he end up with? He finished, well, they have their bowl game. Yeah. Assuming he could run for 200 yards. Best case scenario, he runs for 200 yards. He'll, right now, he's at 1,900 yards, basically flat and 21 touchdowns. So Not. I'd say right now, you could probably pencil, well, I guess they're going against Oregon, which right. they got Oregon. a really good run defense. Let's, but but Wisconsin, of anybody that's going to get 100, like 100 yards on them, it's probably Wisconsin. So he'll probably run for 2,000, yeah. which is fair to say. So obviously, a little short there, but that's probably the least ugly. <laughs> But 2,500 yards, didn't we figure out that would have been like the NCAA record? Like he was, yeah, or to put him or, or top like sec- three. I would say he was like, like second or third, yeah. He was like seventh going in, and I told you that. Like, okay. Well, I was saying single season. Yeah. That 2,500 would have been like a single season record, wouldn't it? I think it's up there. I mean, it would have been close. I, I remember when you said 2,500 yards. It was like, man, that is a, that's a lot of yards. That is a whole bunch of yards. And I feel like that was Jonathan Taylor, he just had his dud games. He'd go on these rampages, but he just had a few games where – he just didn't go as is that, as I figured. Am I doing my math right if I said it's 225 yards a game? Is that right? I'm not a math uh, guy. Are we factoring in just the regular season? Are yeah, we, just 12 games. That's close. Yeah. Should be. Here, I got the... So, like, he would have had to go close to, like, 210 yards a game. Okay, so 2,500 yards would have put him fourth all time. Okay, for a single season. For a single season. Barry Sanders is one. Yeah, and he had like 3,000, didn't he? It was 2,628. And then Melvin Gordon's behind him, and then Kevin Smith for UCF. Man, shout out to Kevin Smith. Shout out to Kevin Smith. Uh, okay, that, that makes more sense. I, I knew that when you told me 2,500 yards, if that seemed like a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 1,900 yards is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> no, not by, at all. By any means. And he'll probably hit 2000. He's going to hit 2000 in their bowl game, which is, I would guess, which is still unbelievable. Yeah. That's, and he did that last year too, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So, I mean, you're in, you're in pretty rarefied air when you're going for 2000 yards Mm -hmm. and back-to-back seasons, which we, us folks here in central Iowa know full well, right. You know, we got the OG of doing the Mm 2000 yards and Mm back-to-back seasons. All right. Give me the next one. TCU will play four quarterbacks by the end of the season. They played three. Oh man, I was so close. I looked, I went through the stats, and I'm like, "Come on, give me like one pass attempt." But it was Dugan, Delton, and Collins. And then it really just turned to Dugan. At yeah, the I was end. saying Dugan uh, or Dugan, yeah. Uh, and then Delton and Collins both ended up transferring, didn't they? I believe so. Or I think actually Delton, I think just quit playing football. Yeah, he's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Collins is transferring, and then Sean Robinson, I think, is transferring as well, mm-hmm. which is which is understandable because Max Duggan is going to be a stud. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It kind of makes me. Baldwin, you were close. I'll give you that yeah, one. That That's one another one. You're close. Yeah. You're close. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the least ugly, right? You said it gets worse. Yeah. yeah. Tylen Wallace will lead the nation in receiving yards. He had 903 in eight games. 
So yeah, you, another one you got hurt by the injuries. Injuries. Yeah. Okay. If, if it hadn't been for the injuries, you, how close would you? So have been? I did some kind of spotty math. But so in eight games he played Iowa State, then he got hurt that week in practice. If you mm-hmm. remember right, so he only played those eight games. If he stayed at the pace he was, say, I mean, which like, that'd be a little over a hundred yards a game. Yeah. Right. He would have been at this moment right now sitting third in the country. Okay. So reasonable. Yeah. But you would have been right there. Who, who did they play in those last few games? And I'd have to pull up their schedule. So who they played us, and I think they played TCU the next week. Who did they play after TCU? Did they play Kansas? TCU, then Kansas, then West Virginia, then Oklahoma. Yeah, so they he would have had some opportunities in there to have some pretty big receiving right? games. Kansas, West Virginia, I mean, even Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I was just saying, like he would have had three games there where he could have, he legitimately could have made fifty. Right, he could have made uh, he could have hit fifteen hundred if he had some good games there. So not that bad. No, uh, that's uh, yeah. Again, I, I give you that one. Uh, there's no way you could have known that that Tylen Wallace was going to tear his ACL <laughs> after the eighth game. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy had better numbers than Amari Cooper. TDs and yards is what we said in quotations. Mm-hmm. I remember putting that in there. Two were getting hurt didn't help, mm-hmm. but the emergence of Devonte Smith being a monster. I mean, too many mouths to feed is what that came down to. Judy still had a good season, but what did he? What did he end up with? He was just right around 900 yards. Okay. And Devonta Smith had a better season, but he's still not even going to hit Cooper's numbers. Yeah. So. The, this is another one where Amari Cooper was like that dude. Yeah. You unbelievable. Like, Jerry Judy's like, a very good player. But Amari Cooper's yeah. that dude. I mean, and he, I don't think Amari Cooper had like another guy with him. Like what Judy ended no, up No, he was force fed. That's like, what I'm right. saying. Like they were really giving the ball to Amari Cooper. Because uh, that was still before they'd really spread it out wasn't it mm-hmm. they were still running like the single back with derrick henry and those guys like they were giving the ball to derrick henry 30 times a game and if they were throwing it they're throwing it 10 times to amari to, cooper, to amari cooper. Right. yeah yeah okay so that that makes sense uh again man you just got killed by the injuries right it's kind of that's what it looked like i was like i know you're giving me crap which i get one for 13 one for was bad i yeah. understand that completely and it's fun to laugh about but i was it's not as fun now that i know that you like got close on some and that there <laughs> was, was some just like the, bad you got some bad luck on some it, other ones trust me you're gonna your roasting will come because okay. this is this is where injuries really didn't happen and it gets ugly okay so enjoy okay. Houston, well, okay, this one, no. Houston will run the table. Obviously, OU stomped them. I was going to say, this was out the window from literally the first game. Literally, I watched the first half, and I'm like, what was, this is awkward. <laughs> weren't they down, they were down like 35 nothing at halftime, weren't they? It was ugly. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's 35 nothing to be exact, but it was like, oh, well, that one's shot. That right. one's out of the game. And then Derek King redshirted. Yeah, well, yeah, but they, they <laughs> but lost the, like a couple more games after that, didn't they? Yeah. Before he redshirted. They, they lost. I think, I wonder if that played into why he redshirted. I never That's found exactly out. That's exactly why he redshirted. Yeah, that had to have been. He lost yeah. OU, and then I think they played Washington State and they lost, which I thought they actually had a decent chance against Washington State, but still lost. And I think that game was actually closer. Did they even make a bowl game? I don't think they I don't think I they did. Say they went, I want to say they went five and seven. And they, it would have been a better bet than TCU playing quarterbacks if I would have said Houston played four quarterbacks. At one point, they put well, yeah, Holgerson's son in there. Again, you or, didn't know yeah, that Derek King was going to redshirt. You know, was going to redshirt, but I mean that that one that one I'll take though. That one I'll take. Run the table. I mean OU. That was a little. You were yeah. You were getting a little uh, getting a little cocky there. Yeah, thinking that that Houston was going to come out and go undefeated in their first year under Dana Holgerson. Felt that, good. That was a. Maybe especially after they went what like seven and five last year, seven and five, eight and four, maybe. I don't have it pulled up. In front yeah, of that me, was but. a that, okay. That one was bold, right? Uh, and I yeah. remember saying like saying to you right after that game, like, dude, that one fell through hard, hard on its face <laughs> from the opening kick, basically. Yeah. 
OU just is good at yeah. football. OU is really good at football. They are this good. is true. All right. Uh, this that was still when the OU defense was really good, too. <laughs> was really good. Well, yeah. I mean, they're still solid. They're, they're better. They're better than they were, but that was that was when it was everybody sitting there like, man. OU. Oklahoma's defense, man. They're, this is a real deal. They might win the national championship <laughs> with this defense. Hey. And then we didn't know what, what would be facing them in the college football playoff, but uh, all right. Continue. Two-parter. I'll lump them together. Texas will make the playoff. Nope. Not a chance. Texas not back. Texas is not back. Nope. Second part. Sam Ellinger will win the Heisman. He did not. He, he wasn't he's even not close. Go, not going to win the Heisman. Not even close. No. Uh, didn't even did not. get on an all-Big 12 team. Nope. I, I think... Or maybe he was honorable mention. And I, I remember, I think I heard Chris say this a little bit, is we both were surprised that he didn't take as big of a step forward as we both anticipated. Because Chris is a big yeah, Texas guy. Yeah, big Texas guy. guy. Big right? Texas guy, yeah. And I don't think Chris I, Williams loves the Texas Longhorns. Yes, and I just, I don't think Ellinger took the step forward that we all thought he would. I think he was still fine. He was good, but he wasn't the Heisman level that I foresaw, which it directly plays into Texas going, what'd they go, seven and Seven and five, five. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there was a lot of variables here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receivers that they lost probably is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not having little Jordan. Yeah, he was de- a stud. Definitely didn't help. Um, I mean, there's a reason that everybody got fired. <laughs> right. From, from there's a reason staff. that was, yeah, it was cleaned out. Like the, the offensive coordinator, the passing game coordinator, uh, and then the, the defensive coordinator as well. All, mm-hmm. were, all were fired for a reason from the Longhorns. Uh, yeah. But it, it, in fairness, a lot of people were predicting that at the time. Yeah, uh, you as a dark horse, it. a little bit. Chris had had Sam Ellinger in the in in, in New York as, as a finalist yeah. for the Heisman. Um, but no, not even no, close. No, he he <laughs> would not even be someone that would be considered. Brock Purdy was probably closer to being I was a Heisman about to say finalist that. than what Sam Ellinger was. I was about Charlie to say Brewer that. was probably closer to being a Heisman finalist than what Sam Ellinger was. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see here. What do we want to? Okay. Yoel Monroe will be a close game against the clones. Oh, here we go. Here okay, we that, go. I was going to say, we're Strapped back to in. the, back to the, uh, back to the clones. I knew that there was something we were missing from I, this. It was, it, it was at the bottom. I tried to bury it. I must've told my future self, like, we got to put this thing deep down here. I just hit return a bunch and just spammed it to like the eighth page. But I'm just going to say right now no. that of all the things oh. that have been said on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, <laughs> you coming in and trying to tell me and Chris that Louisiana Monroe might was going to keep it close with Iowa State might be the stupidest thing that anybody's ever said on these podcasts. And I'm not going to... And argue. I've said some pretty stupid stuff. <laughs> I do a podcast every week with Jeff Woody and like... and. I mean, I've sat in on those. I've witnessed that's what I'm the saying. things that are said. You hear the things that like Chris says sometimes on <laughs> yeah, the podcast yes, about absolutely. movies and things like that. that and, and this made like this makes all What's of those there? seem what? like intellectuals. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And the funny thing is the way you Monroe played against Florida State the week before, I was like, oh, my God. Well, now we know more about Florida State, though, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, is this going to are we going to are they going to keep it close? Like, is this about to be a game? No. And then. Iowa State. Even the first like quarter of that game was pretty well, close. Purdy threw what, an interception. That pick. Two interceptions. Two interceptions. Yeah. Two turnovers of some sort. And yeah. then Monroe had the ball literally in the red zone twice before Iowa State moved past like the fifty, if I remember right. It was like some stupid like that. I was like, holy cow! There's a real chance you Monroe's up fourteen zero. I was gonna say I want to say it was like uh, it might have been. I got that here. Um, <laughs> is that in your uh, fifteen pages of notes here? Oh, this is this is probably closer to thirty pages, bro. Yeah, we're we're pulling thirty. Um. All right, here we go. I got it here. Uh, maybe not. 
Okay. Literally the only one missing is that game. There's a reason it's missing. <laughs> Actually, no, the game against... Who they play in their third game? Yeah, the Baylor game is missing as well. Mm. Uh, okay, so apparently we skipped a page. Apparently when we, we were pr- did. printing our stuff out uh, for, the, uh, for the game notes, the Kansas State game notes. But um, no, that was a... I remember you texting us during the game. Yeah, you guys are in the press. And well, it was just... fucked, yeah. I could not even imagine like the feeling you had in your stomach it's, watching Iowa State just continue to pile on the points. It was like, so it was, that game was just a roller coaster of emotions, if you will. So I'm an Iowa State fan. I know <laughs> I'm not a Kansas fan. I'm not a UL Monroe fan. I'm a through and through Iowa State fan. But you're sitting there and you make this outlandish prediction and I'm sitting there in the stands and I see that turnover and I'm like cheering. But at the same time in the back of my head, I'm like, okay. <laughs> This could help my cause a little bit. And then that second turnover happens. I'm like, holy cow, are they, is there a chance we, that UL Monroe goes up 14-0? But then Iowa State just... See, and I think we revised it where you just said that they would cover. Yeah, I think, we, I I think we backed off. It was yeah. covering, which I think it was like... 18 and a half or eight, something? 18, yeah, around there. Uh, which was, I mean, was squarely in play. Mm-hmm. It was 14-0. to zero. Um, And like you mentioned, they had failed twice on... on consecutive opportunities to try and score. Uh, and then it was 27-13 at halftime. Yeah. I remember sitting at halftime thinking, like, man, this could get a little interesting. I, mm-hmm. I want to say maybe even Monroe might have even made it 20-27. to 27. Oh, wait, no. they No, okay, Iowa State got the ball first, and mm-hmm. they marched right down and scored. Yep. But I remember thinking, like, sitting there thinking, like, this could get a little hairy here mm-hmm. if, uh, if something doesn't – Something doesn't change. Start clicking, and um, then Iowa State's offense broke every record ever. <laughs> they just went yeah. off, and then and then Brock Purdy broke every single game Re- record in ever. Iowa State history, which was cool. That yeah. was that was awesome to yeah, watch. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where like we felt vindicated because we knew that you felt like an idiot. <laughs> Any, uh, anytime that happens, you and Chris are. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> those are the those are the best times. I want to make it clear though to people. I remember, I think, after the last podcast we did with you, not the Thursday thesis that you were on. I, no. I want to say it was probably the Celsius the caffeinated one. Yeah. The Celsius. I like uh, how that's the name for it. There were these people that were tweeting at Chris that were, like, upset that, that they thought that we were being mean to you. <laughs> I, I think that you know that we're all, like, it's, it's, in good, it's all it's in, in good fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it, we, I want people to know that we do like Brandon. Yeah. Like, we think that you are, are a good kid for the most part. And, uh, I mean, it uh, maybe said too <laughs> much there, but... Uh, you know, I, I think there were some people that didn't understand the joke. That, you that know? I, I think that's fair to say because we are harsh. <laughs> like, like, well, yeah, the, it, and that's just you. You want to be part of the gang, like you gotta gotta earn your stripes. We got to make sure that you can take the heat. You know, which I think I. I but I, I treat you differently than I treat you know, like than I than I treat Connor or I treat uh, Jacqueline. Like, uh, it's just. Just how it goes. Yeah, just, it's just how it goes. You know, you got to, it's, it's different strokes for different folks. You got to use a different kind of level of gloves. And I know that you can take the uh, the heavy weighted gloves. Yes, absolutely. And look, most people be like, oh my gosh, you went one in 13 and you're about to talk about it on a podcast. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. This is, I'm enjoying this. This is a good time sitting here talking to Jared and making fun of how you say that in like the ultimate, like this is a, this is a good time. Like <laughs> you're trying to convince yourself that I'm having, <laughs> I am having fun. fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm having so much fun right now. And inside I'm just emotionally crumbling. Exactly. You're just like on the verge of tears. Every people time. that I can't see right now are just, they like, my know eyes their brain is on the verge of tears. Yeah. All right, you're this ready. is a tough day for my cousin Ben too. 
Cousin yeah, Ben he, is a he can't enjoy this podcast. No, co- cousin Ben is a is a religious listener of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Huge fan mm-hmm. of intern Brandon. Brought a sign to Oregon State. Yeah, Iowa State. literally <laughs> took a sign to to Corvallis, Oregon that uh, that had what, what did it say about it? Was more intern Brandon. More, was, yeah, more. more intern Brandon. And uh, this is just has to like your chances of ever coming back on the podcast again are very slim. Yeah, this you're is, gonna have to really earn your. This is the end. Earn it back. I don't know how I'd be brought back on, but you know, if I am, I'll be ready. Maybe next year we'll next let you year make bold more predictions. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Addition to yeah. All right, you ready to just the tears are really about to come out. Yeah, Nebraska will win the West. Yeah, Jared, they didn't win the West. They did not win the West. Not going to a bowl game. Five and seven. Five and seven. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of a stuff lot of happened people. here. Yeah, and then oh. and yes, again, in fairness, this was not a very unpopular opinion in the. Off season, as mm-hmm. far as on the national scale, I know that in Central Iowa, it was very much uh, one of those things that people are like, "This is stupid." Like, there's no way that Nebraska is going to win the West. Mm-hmm. In fairness, now looking back, yeah, it was it, it was pretty stupid. <laughs> it was pretty stupid, but uh, I don't think I was all the way there with you. You mm-hmm. know, I I was in a position where I was like, "Man, I think they'll be better." Which, in fairness, they, they were, were one they, game better, right? so uh, they improved. Yeah, I think that. That job, and this is something that I've talked. I mean, I've talked Multiple to my times. dad a lot about. Uh, that job was a lot bigger than I think anybody ever anticipated. The like, work that needed the to work, be done, yes, yeah, yes. the work that needed to be done in that program was exponentially more difficult than I think anybody anticipated mm-hmm. it being. A lot more of a rebuild. Yeah, and and rebuilding the roster, uh, rebuilding the. I mean, I think rebuilding the culture right. there, and and this is what. You know, I think the thing that, like, think how hard it was to get that culture built even in Ames, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it takes special kinds of guys. And if you don't have the right kind of guys that are going to buy in, you got to get them, you got to get them the hell out, yeah. you know? And and that's where I think that Scott Pross had some serious missteps in the way that he handled this year's team. Um, I think that the way he handled his quarterback was a, was a massive failure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind you can, of are, you can are unpack there, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things to unpack there. There's a lot of things that kind of go on, uh, like some things that are in the wind mm-hmm. about what's going on for Adrian Martinez behind the scenes right now. Um, and I don't think that Scott Frost did a very good job of, of handling that situation. I think that you could see that the team was bought into one quarterback and it was not the one that he was putting out there the majority of the time. Uh, and then I think that his, the situation with Maurice Washington was one of the worst coaching missteps I think I've seen from a staff in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and I want to say that it like, as far as like one guy, cause it's, right. I don't think that this was a systemic problem. No, there's a, there's a difference between what happened at Baylor and what happened in this, you know, like that is like a, an egregious travesty. Mm-hmm. Like what happened to all those guys should have happened. Uh, but like here, this is what, like this is not something that Scott Frost should be fired for. This is something that Scott Frost sure as hell better be learning from, mm-hmm. because he let a guy who was supremely talented. I think if anybody who watched our game against Colorado would would know that Maurice Washington was a very good player. Yes. He is a very talented player. Supremely talented, like he's legit. Yeah, but he was allowed in the off season mm-hmm. for one the situation that he was in in the state of California should have never been on the field. Never should have been on the field. That was a, a real bad deal. It remains a real bad deal. Um, and then 
the way that he was supposedly acting behind the scenes where, uh, you know, I know that he had failed drug tests. Uh, I know that I, I read one story and, you know, this is a rumor, mm-hmm. but I had read a, a situation where he was in the football facility with marijuana on him, which just seems like a really stupid thing to mm-hmm. do if you're a guy who's already in the doghouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's, um, there was a story where he was coming out in one of those games and they would put him on the field and he would purposely run the wrong play basically to Sabot- like to sabotage, sabotage the, team? the team. Yeah. And, and he was just being a jackass. Yeah. Essentially. And, and they let that go on way too long, mm-hmm. six weeks, seven weeks. Ha- I mean, halfway through the season before they finally said, all right, dude, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And that should have been done well before it, it happened. And that's where I think that in college football today, if you are trying to instill a culture, you cannot let one guy go completely against this culture that you're trying to instill and not and expect it to go well. Yeah. Why would anybody else buy in if Maurice Washington isn't being forced mm-hmm. to buy in? And that's where, I mean, like I said, I think that he had one of the worst coaching jobs in college football mm-hmm. with the way that he handled his team. Yeah. And, and he's, I think he's going to have some serious things to work back out to regain the trust of his team because what right now why would if you're a kid why would you trust him well look at it like you say Maurice Washington's he's supremely talented if your best player is not following the culture not doing the little things right not even doing the big things right just being being an idiot yeah being a distraction being something like that if I'm a freshman coming in bottom of the food chain buried on the depth chart whatever I look up to that look up to those leaders look up to your best players and he is not buying into the culture not performing in that way why should I? Why should I copy that if he can get away with it? Exactly. And that's where, you know, I know that there are guys in there who are probably doing things the right way, which there always has yeah, been, always. you know, but there's been a lot of bad actors over there, like mm-hmm. dudes who are not doing the right things. And that's been the big problem for them. They can't get enough guys that want to do the right things and want to do it the right way. And uh, you're right. I mean, why would anybody buy into what? And I think that's, I don't know how many guys they've had get in trouble for for smoking pot in the dorms, <laughs> things yeah. like that. And it's like, believe me, man, like I'm not the person to sit here and lecture anybody on mm-hmm. smoking pot, but it's like, this is one of those things where if you want to be a college football player, like, man, you know, Focus chill, up. yeah, chill, you know, go off campus, dude. Like, I don't know, do something else. Like, and when you see it happen time and time again, that's where you're like, all right, now this is when you have a question of this is a systemic thing where no one in there has any respect for, the rules mm-hmm. has any respect for the expectation of what is supposed to be happening. And, and that's where I said that job was really big, yep. but the problem now is in the past, he could put those things on the former staff and the staff, even before the former staff, yeah. these are the guys that he brought there. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that he brought into Lincoln. There's no more running from this nope. stuff. And, and a lot of people in Nebraska don't want to hear those kinds of things. But it's like they've got some serious issues to work out with that staff where they have to look themselves in the mirror and say, we messed up. We messed up. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it, it's going to continue to snowball and it's going to get out of control and they're going to end up in the same position that they've been in for two decades. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's all yeah, there that, is to it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. There we go. That's my analysis. That's, your that's my analysis. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's- Accurate. It, does, it doesn't matter what's happening on the field. None of the stuff mm-hmm. on the field is what matters. I, they have talent in the program. Yeah. And it's, but can you get the guys that are talented to do things the right way? Right. And like the guys that they have that are doing things the right way are freshmen. It's like a guy, there's this kid from Scott's Bluffs named Garrett Nelson, who was a, played quite a bit, you know, as a true freshman. 
why would anybody have any respect for Garrett Nelson from Scotts Bluff, <laughs> Nebraska, who is the only reason he gets on the field and gets a black shirt or whatever it is? Basically, it's like they sit there and they're like, this is how you should do it. And they're like, well, yeah, but you just played Maurice Washington all these snaps and he doesn't do any of those things. You know, like you're playing this guy, all these snaps. You know, Mo Berry doesn't fill fill run lanes correctly mm-hmm. four or five times in a row and you won't take him off the field. Why would I have any expectation yeah. that I have to do my job correct? That's the thing that I think when like Coach Campbell came to Iowa State, man, immediately, dude, like you – you knew. I mean, think about this stuff. Like, we don't we don't have to deal with these kinds of things very often anymore. No. There was a period there where I, when I first started covering this program, man, we were writing stories like that pretty often. And there were some pretty bad actors around, you know. And that has really been nipped in the bud where it's like, this is unacceptable. We don't do this. And the guys that, that you do see get in trouble with those kinds of things don't stick around for very long. They're not allowed to. It's buy in or get the hell out. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where they're at is it did not happen soon enough. Mm-hmm. They should have been more willing to be really shitty for one year and kick a bunch of people off the team, which is clean like house, sounds yeah. bad, but it's like clean house. And like I said, be willing to be really bad because you're like, if we want to do this the right way, this is what it's going to take. We might have to go backwards before we can go forwards. Yeah. I mean, it's like what happened at Baylor where they had to be one in 11 before they could go back and be... 11 and one again. Yeah. I think that that's about where it's at. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's my 10 minute tangent on Nebraska. It's fine. You ready to get, that's it? like the first time I think I've gotten an opportunity to like actually analyze it though. Yeah. I not just like my, and, my horrible takes just allow you yeah. to open the door for your takes. Yeah. Well, I got two left. They're packaged together and we both know what they involve. Mm-hmm. Rock chalk. What was the yeah. first one? Was Puka? Puka? Puka. He was first team, but we'll lead the Big 12 in rushing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chuba. Yeah. Chuba's ridiculous. A monster. Yeah, yeah. So that's fair. Chuba probably be top 10 in Heisman voting. Yeah. He was a monster. Yeah. He's so good. But Puka still was first team, right? First team all yeah, Big 12. Yeah, he was first team all Big 12. Puka's a good player. Yeah. He's, he's legit. He had a good game against <laughs> Iowa State. This isn't the prediction, though. No, it isn't. No. That was the first part. We'll lead the Big 12 in rushing. Didn't happen. Fine. Let's get it over with. Kansas will make a bowl game. They did not make a bowl game. They did, did not even get close. What did they go, 4-8? and eight? I think it might have been 3-9. and nine. I think it was 3-9, and nine actually, because they beat Boston College. They beat Texas Tech. Yeah, 3-9. and nine. Yeah, they lost 61-6 to six against Baylor. That was the first score I just saw pop up. Here's the thing, though, I will say. Oh, buddy. Here we go. No, and I will give you this. That was by far the best Kansas team that look, I've seen Iowa State play. They look scrappy. Like, yeah. they looked like they want, even though they were eliminated from any hope of postseason, and I'm not, I really don't have much Jayhawk ties other than this take. Watching that game in the stands, you could tell the guys are fired up. Like, they did not care that they were, at the time, I guess they would have been, what, three and three and eight mm-hmm. going in Ames? No, they would have been three and, three and seven. Because they played, yeah. Yeah. Three and seven. Didn't care. Didn't bother them. They came out like they were five and five trying to play for a bowl game. You know what I'll say it reminded me of? It reminded me of Matt Campbell's first season at Iowa State. Just scrappy dudes. Didn't, didn't care. Where you can see that the guys that Les Miles has in that program right now, they believe in what he's, what he's preaching saying. to them. Yeah. And they are, they're buying into what he is selling. The problem that he has is they still do not have a football-only facility mm-hmm. at, at that program. Yep. I think that's still something that's being built. And they still just don't have any fan support. And that's the one problem that they had in comparison to, like, for Coach Campbell, he could sell some things. Mm-hmm. 
there were things to, to be sold here in Ames. Uh, there is still just is not very much to be sold in Lawrence, Kansas right now. Yeah. But they are going to be good. Yeah. I mean, uh, at least they are at least going to be average soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to have to find a quarterback. Like, they're going to have to get yeah, better. Because, yeah, Stanley's, some, Stanley's out. Yeah, yeah they're going to have to get better at a couple positions. But it would not shock me at all if that team's playing for a bowl game next year. Yeah. There, there might be – I think every team in the league could conceivably – be better next season. Yeah. Which is, uh, which which is, is insane. Scary. It's insane. Which it's is also insane. scary in a way. Like Iowa State, but Iowa State's going to, like, you assume get better, but. Yeah. Well, I think Iowa State will be better. You bring back yeah. so many guys, I, I think that you'll be yeah. better. Uh, Oklahoma, obviously, you'll have to replace CD and you'll have to replace Jalen Hurts. But, but they, they, they reload. They don't, uh, yeah, they don't retool, they reload. Yeah. Like, or they don't rebuild, they reload. Yep. Uh, Baylor's going to bring back Charlie Brewer. Yep. They're going to bring back a whole host of dudes on that defense. Yeah. Um, Texas is going to bring back Sam Ellinger again. Yep. They, they're going to bring back a whole host of dudes on, on that roster. Mm-hmm. That was a young team. Yeah, and, they got a, and they had a bunch of dudes get hurt, and, and a bunch it, of guys had to get thrown into the fire. That are gonna, now They're going to be better for it. I would it. say that are now going to be better for it. Uh, Oklahoma State's still going to have Spencer Sanders. Uh, Chuba... I mean, I would imagine Chuba will probably go and get his money, which yeah. is the right, which he should, which, which is I the right decision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Kansas state, you're going to lose Skylar Thompson, but I, I think that we've got vampire 2.0. I've been yep. saying that for weeks. I am terrified of what's going to be going on in Manhattan, Kansas, yeah. because that, that program is going to, is, is not going to skip a single beat. Uh, TCU, Max Duggan, again, I, I said before, like Max Duggan is a, uh, is going to be a stud. Gary Patterson, man, don't, don't expect them to stay down for very long. Uh, West Virginia, I think you saw at the end of the year at, where at they, times, they yeah. were starting to buy into what Neil Brown was preaching. That team is going to be better. It's the same thing, too. They had a ton of young dudes who had to play and had to play a lot of snaps mm-hmm. that are going to be a lot better because they had to play a ton of snaps as, as really young guys. And then Kansas, um, it, again, it comes. it's the same thing. So I, I don't know. There, I mean, to get six wins in there for Kansas might be tough, but like they are going to put themselves in position that program is coming. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to win the Big 12. I'm not saying anything like that. But, like, it's not going to be long before there is not a single game that you can look at in the Big 12 and just immediately write it down and be like, that's As a win. A w. Yeah. yeah. That's a win. It's like, no. Like, every team you play is going to be able to beat you. And, and that's the thing that, like, I, if you, I would, could tell you now, you know, like, what I would say about that take. I get what you were trying to be bold, but it's right. like, I think that now that would be the, have been the more realistic thing is yeah. to, for them to have gotten to buy into Les Miles, buy into what he was selling, and start trending the program in a positive direction because there wasn't any positive direction previously. And they are doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be hard for me to sit here and say that Kansas, at least from an outsider perspective, mm-hmm. did not have a successful 2019 season, which is crazy when you go 3-9. and nine, But it's, it's just like I said, it reminds me of when Matt Campbell came to Ames and you know there was a lot of positive vibes out of that where you're like we're like man next year could be the year where they jump up and go to a bowl game and they did and they won the Liberty Bowl and if they continue to buy in if they do the same things that we've preached we just talked about about, with 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 Nebraska if they don't let those kinds of things happen then that program is going to build a culture and they're going to have a positive culture and they're going to be they're going to be going in a good direction yeah I, I totally agree with you 
I mean, there's part of me that if we're doing this again next year, version two, that I would put, and I don't even know if it qualifies bold, like you said. I would probably say, hey, can't, well, if I said it this year, why wouldn't I say it next year? And I wouldn't laugh at you. No, I wouldn't laugh at you now. You know, like this is one of those ones where now it's like, yeah, I can see it, you know? And like that Kansas team that was playing at the end of the year would not lose to Coastal Carolina. No, and I have their schedule pulled up here. And I remember talking to Chris, Chris Williams at, um, the tailgate. Yeah, we know. Tailgate. Who, we know who Chris we, is. Do you, do you guys know who Chris Williams is? I, yeah. guess. I didn't know. Just wanted to make sure. My but, goodness. But look, Coastal Carolina, twelve to seven. Yeah. Right. They should have won that game. They go to at Boston College, Chestnut Hill. They win forty-eight to twenty-four. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. They lose by 29-24 to West Virginia, who ended up being you know the same showed some fight. That's a close game. They lose by fifty to forty-eight to Texas. All those games can just be flipped. Yeah. And I know that's an if and buts, but those two games are flipped. Like I said, there was a chance that Kansas could have. You flip all three of those games, you're going. You're Kansas six and six. Kansas is five and five coming in names. Yeah, I, and that would have been a totally different. And look how Kansas. And even then, they still. I mean, they put a scare into Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. And that was a, a situation where I Iowa State did not play very well. They did not on that day. And and drops. Yeah, it was a, not everything. a not a good day for the Cyclones. But Kansas gave them everything that they possibly could to mm-hmm. come in there and be able to get a win. And and that's the thing, like. I know to Kansas people, Iowa State is still Iowa State mm-hmm. in their mind. Yeah. Where it's like, we know, we, we think we, we can, can win this them. game. We, can, yeah. we think we can win this game. And that's where it's like, I mean, that's just, there's perception that's, that is yeah. deep-seated, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred years of football history that with, in programs, in situations like that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I can't, mean, I can't hammer you on your Kansas take because it's just like it, there's, there's positive vibes there for, for the Jayhawks. And I think next year, like you said, that pre, I, I can't still think Iowa State's Iowa State. And I think next year, let's say Kansas is better how we think they are. We think they're going to improve. There's still going to be that notion of, hey, it's Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to sneak up on some people next year. I really, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, I think the only ones looking back now that, that it's like they were egregiously bad was the Louisiana Monroe one. Absolutely. Horrible. Yep. Uh, not, a, I'm not fighting you on it. Yeah, that was just, that was just a terrible opinion. Um, <laughs> And then, then the Nebraska one, but that, yeah. like I said, I gave my, I gave my gave thoughts your, on that. There, was, two cents on there that. was a lot of things that were there uh, that, that really held that one back. Um, the Texas going to the playoff one uh, yeah. wasn't very good. Uh, Sam Ellinger going to the high, but like I said, those ones are like ones that in the preseason, I mean, a lot of people Weren't were that, saying those yeah. things. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, man. You went, for, you went one for 13, but I, I think I helped you justify your thought Some process them. on them and how you can spin them to have been positive mm-hmm. just as much. I feel like I helped you more than I roasted yeah, you. Yeah, I thought, I thought the roast didn't happen as much as I thought it would. I mean, there was a few that was bad, but you ended up being, we worked through them. Yeah. Can you go put a coat on now, please? Put, put some sweats on, put a coat on. You did? I thought you put, no, no, no I haven't put no, your sweats still on Still got shorts yeah, on. It's like wearing, 11 degrees out. Still wearing shorts. It's 19 degrees outside. <laughs> Brandon is an idiot. That's. There we go. Get it out of your system. All things, you know, I, I've been being nice to you here, but at the end of the Crank day, there's one thing that will always be true, and that is that you still remain an idiot. But yeah. we love you, all right? We'll talk to you on the, uh, on the preseason Bold Predictions podcast next summer, all right? Yeah, sounds good. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I should have mentioned this at the top of the podcast, but I forgot. If you want to sign up for the Cyclone Fanatic Bowl Charter, head to Orlando with us. Uh, you can sign up right now on the Cyclone Fanatic homepage. Am I missing anything? What else do I need to plug? Plug. I think that's it. That's all I can think of off the top of my head is a chart. Buy some Cyclone Fanatic wrestling gear mm-hmm. uh, at uh, teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. 
Um, I think that's it. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Stands and fits. Thanks for listening. Peace.